<sighs> I'm back. Family, I am back. I am so happy to be here. Guys, I know it's been a minute. It's been a while. But I had some other things to attend to. Uh, we've got our baby girl now. She's got our home hostage. It's all good, though, because, man, she's a blessing. She's beautiful. I'm in love with her. And she gave me an extra hour of sleep, family. So today I've got some awesome energy. I woke up at 4 a.m. Listen, it's something else when when waking up at 4 a.m. is a blessing. But thank the Lord for it. So for that reason, I'm here. I'm excited. I get to share the word with you all. We're here together. And today what I want to do is is I want to close out our series, the series on sharing your story. What I want you to do real quick is I want you to put that in the chat. I want you to put it in the chat real quick. I want you to put share your story. Put that in there real quick. Today I'm sitting at the table because I just want to have a conversation. I want to sit down. I just want to talk to you. So if you can, I want to invite you to draw your attention to uh, John chapter four. So if you can go to John chapter four, because we want to get right into it um, as we close out uh, this series. And man, I'm so happy to be here. So happy to see you all. I'm so happy to hang with you guys and to finally get to share a little bit into what has been brewing up in me as we have been engaging um, in this uh, word, as we've been navigating through uh, the narrative of the Samaritan woman as she meets Jesus at the well. Um, it's a very common story. It's a very common uh, uh, narrative. It's been preached on many times, but I believe there's one thing that I want to share with you today, a thought that I want to share with you. And so if you can, go ahead and turn your Bibles to John chapter 4, verse 39. And I want to share this thought with you and I and I pray that it will encourage you, that it will empower you, that it will edify you um, as we begin to transition uh, into uh, the second half of this year. Uh, we're focusing this year on prayer and evangelism. So if you can, I want you to look at verse 39 and I'm going to read it and I want you to read along with me if you can in verse 39. And this is what it says. It says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his own word. Many more believed because of his own word. I want to draw your attention to verse 39, and that's where our focus is going to be today. As you see the implications of what happens in verse 40 through 42. But it says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you as you've given us this opportunity to gather, gather together, Lord, to reflect on your word, to, to uh, Lord, study your word. I just pray that as we close out this series, Lord, Lord, speak to us, Lord, speak through me as, Lord, your people are hearing your word. Father, I pray that you would bless this time, Lord. Let it edify us, let it, let it encourage us, let it convict us, let it correct us. Let it empower us, Lord, as we engage. And we ask that in your name we pray, amen and amen.
man. I want you to put in the chat real quick. Get out of your way. I just want you to put that in the chat. Put in the put in the chat. Put get out of your way. If it, if you're on YouTube or if you're on the online platform, if you're on Facebook, wherever you are, I want to encourage you right now to put that in the chat. Get out of your way. 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 Very rarely do people who've encountered a life-changing, life-altering experience, very rarely do these people not share it. Very rarely do these people keep it to themselves. As a matter of fact, it doesn't take a life-altering experience for someone to share with another person. All they need to do is have a good mo- watch a good movie or um, have a good dinner or enjoy a good dessert or have a good drink, and they're quick to share it with somebody. We all are people who love to share in our experiences because, quite frankly, we are all experiential people. It's just what we naturally do. But when we share, we have a natural propensity to share our experiences with people we know, with people we like, and with people who we believe will like what we like. It's just naturally what we do, right? Because if we be honest with each other, there's a risk in sharing. There's a risk in sharing the things that you love because if you share the things that you love with somebody you love and in the end they hate it, you may risk losing the person that you love. You could lose somebody by sharing something that they hate or that causes pain to them. And so generally speaking, we have a tendency to share experiences with people who we think will enjoy those experiences as well. Case in point, I remember the first time I had calamari. I love calamari. All right. Calamari is lit. I love it. It's, it's an amazing food. Uh, but I was never exposed to calamari. I'm Haitian. Okay. I ain't seen no Haitian, right, who grew up eating calamari. You don't grow up eating calamari. You had to be introduced to it by somebody else. And I remember going to a restaurant and somebody said, hey, you should try this thing. It's called calamari. So I tried it. I had some calamari. I ate the calamari. And I was like, man, this thing is lit. I love it. It's amazing. It tastes amazing. It's delicious. What is it? They tell me the calamari is squid. Fried squid. And I remember enjoying the experience, but also knowing that if they had told me from the gate what it was, I probably would not have tried it. But now that I've tried it, man, they turned me out. I, ha- I love calamari. I love to eat calamari. I enjoy calamari. Fast forward. My wife, I love her, man. She's my boo thing. She's the mother of my babies and this new baby that's terrorizing our house and holding our house hostage. I love her. I love her. Uh, but she's, not, she's Haitian. Okay, if I'm Haitian, she's more Haitian than me. And, you know, Haitian people, they don't play with their food. They don't try anything. Okay, and so I remember enjoying calamari, but I wanted her to try calamari as well. So we went to this restaurant, this real fancy spot, and she'll remember what I'm talking about. It was at Merrick Park, right? Not too far from UM. You know, I was a grad student at the time. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to take you out there. We're going to enjoy this thing. This thing going to be lit. We're going to go to this nice, fancy little restaurant. You know, it's hard work. You know what I'm saying? Being able to go to a spot where you can serve some good calamari and some good Italian food and all that. But I said, you know, I'm going to do it because I love her and I want to impress her. You know how it is. You know how it is when you try to get, you know, your girl, our boy, cool, whatever. Anyway, so we go out to eat and, um, and there's calamari on the menu. Okay, it's a nice, beautiful restaurant, creating the setting, man. We go, man, this is going to be beautiful. It's romantic, all that good stuff. So I said, you know, we'll have some calamari. She asks me the question. I said, well, what's calamari? I'm like, just try it. You're going to love it. Just try it. 
It's going to be fire. You're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. So she was like, okay, cool. You know, she trusted me. You know what I'm saying? She trusted me. So the calamari comes in. And you know how calamari is shaped. It's got like those little rings. You know what I'm saying? It's breaded. It's, it's fried. And, and so she takes the first one. She's like, hmm, this is really good. This is delicious. And, you know, she keeps eating and she eats and she eats away. And I'm eating with her. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Somebody else loves calamari just as much as I do. This is lit. So I'm like, this is going to be great. We're going to have a wonderful relationship. And if anybody knows how they serve calamari, usually the ring-shaped calamari or the ring-shaped pieces are at the top. But at the bottom of the bowl is where all the tentacle-shaped pieces are. So she gets too close to the bottom and then she looks, she goes, what's that? And I'm like, it's, 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 it's calamari. She's like, no, 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 but what, what is that? And then she looked and then she saw multiple pieces of tentacles all at the bottom of the bowl. And she looked at me and Terry's like, what is this stuff? And I'm like, babe, it's fried squid. Me thinking I'm impressing her. She looks at me with incredible horror and incredible terror. So much so, family, that she didn't talk to me, not only for the rest of the date. She didn't talk to me for the rest of the day. We went out Merrick Park, you know, checking out the nice fancy rest, you know, spots and, you know, the nice fancy stores. She didn't say a single word to me. That Haitian girl was, she was upset. She was upset with me because I set her up to eat that nasty stuff, that squid. Like, what Haitian girl goes out and eats squid? Fast forward. I thought it was over. I got her back, y'all. Okay, I almost lost her in the process. But then I got her back, and I'm like, cool, 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 you know? And one day we went out to eat, and she ordered calamari. I looked at her like, whoa, girl, like. What you doing, girl? It's like, I'm ordering calamari. I really like it. I said, what? She said, I love calamari. It was that day that I realized that calamari now is not just on the list of appetizers that she's willing to eat, but calamari now has creeped up to the top of her list, near the top of her list of appetizers she'd like to eat. And that brings me a lot of joy, family. And the reason why it brings me so much joy it's because now when I order calamari, I don't have to eat it by myself. I got somebody else that I can enjoy it with. And I'd like to believe that it was because I introduced her to calamari that now she has an affinity for calamari. If I never shared my calamari experience with her, I'm convinced that she would have never got to experience and enjoy calamari for herself. She would have missed out on calamari if I didn't share calamari with her. In the same way, I'm convinced that there are people who are missing out on Jesus because they are missing out on your story. There are people who are missing out on Jesus because there are people who are missing out on your shared experience with Jesus. If there's anything I leave with you today, if there's anything I want you to take away, I woke up today to share with you today that somebody you know or somebody you don't know is waiting on your story to come to Jesus. I want you to put in the chat right now and I want you to make that declaration. They're waiting on you.
Make that declaration. They're waiting on you. There's somebody waiting on you to share your story about Jesus. Take a look at the text real quick. If we look at the text, the unfortunate reality is, is that for many of us, even though the, the weight is on us and the responsibility is on us to share that story for most of us, while souls are on the line, while, while souls are being challenged, while people are waiting for us, for many of us, the unfortunate reality is that we don't share our stories. Like if we'd be honest with each other, we'd realize that we don't really share our stories. There's some of us here who it's been a year since they shared their faith with somebody. There's somebody else who can maybe attest and say that it's been many years since I've actually shared my faith with somebody. We become less and less convinced in today's age that faith is something that we ought to share. That's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because we're now more likely to share in our favorite movie our favorite meal, our favorite drink than we are to share our faith in Jesus. And yet a drink doesn't alter our lives. A meal doesn't change our lives. But if Jesus had changed our lives, then why is it that we don't share him? I look at this text and I see that while many of us fail to share our experience with Jesus, the scripture tells us, look at it, look at what it says here. In verse 39, it says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. Why? Because of the word of the woman who testified. If we can be honest with, with ourselves, the many of us that don't share Jesus are likely to hold back the people within our circles from actually getting to know Jesus. And if we look at this text and what we see from this text is, is that the text tells us that the people of the city believed in Jesus because of the testimony of a woman that had an experience with him. This thing that we're talking about today, about sharing your story, has eternal implications. Souls are on the line. Lives are on the line. Destinies are on the line. And some of it is being hung by your story. So what's holding you back? What's keeping you from sharing your story? I think that the reason why a lot of people are held back from sharing their stories is because a lot of people get in their own way. You know, when you're trying to go somewhere or you're trying to get somewhere and there's something that obstructs the road, prohibiting you from getting to where you need to go. And so you need to move that thing out of the way. That thing is in the way. Or maybe, you know, that when you're when you're when you're trying to rush, you know, to get somewhere and maybe you might, you might be stuck in traffic or you're just trying to rush to get somewhere. And there's a car in front of you and that car is going like 10 miles an hour below the speed limit. And you ask for that 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 car to get out of the way. I believe that the reason why most people don't ever move forward in sharing their story is that the, is that most people are in their own way. You see, in order to move forward, that person had to get out of the way. And today I declare to you that in order for you to move forward, you may need to get out of the way. So I want to point to two things as we look at this text, two reasons why we 
Don't share Jesus. Two things, two reasons for which we get in our own way. And I want to show this to you in contrast to the Samaritan woman in this story. There are two things here that I see and that I notice that I want you to pay attention to. So if you give me a minute, I want to show it to you real quick. Look at the text one more time. It says in verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. And what does that word say? She says in that scripture, he told me all that I ever did. Point number one, many of us are getting in our own way because many of us are getting in our own head. You may be getting in your own way because you have spent too much time in your head. Let me help you understand what I mean by that. When this woman goes out to share, she didn't go to share ideas of Jesus. She didn't go to share doctrine. She didn't go to share ideology. She didn't go to share her track. She didn't go to share the, the, the five points of the doctrine of the, of grace. She didn't, she didn't go to share tulips. She didn't go to share all the other doctrines that we hear about. She didn't go with the track. She didn't go with the program. She didn't go with the ministry plan. She didn't go with the education system. She didn't go with any of that stuff. What she came with was her story. And I realized that for many of us, the problem that we have is, is that we fear going and sharing our faith in Jesus Christ, because for many of us, we believe there's something we need to know in order to share it. We believe that, that we need to be experts in the Bible. We're actually afraid to have those kind of conversations because we're not trained in apologetics. We're not trained in, in, in defending our faith. And so because we're not, we don't have the, the proper training, we believe that it's the ideas. It's being able to argue ideas that brings people to faith. But this woman here did not have a theology degree. This woman here did not have her program on the gospel. As a matter of fact, she was trained right away in the moment that she had an experience with Jesus, she was well equipped to go and to share Jesus because what she was sharing was not an idea. She wasn't sharing a doctrine. She wasn't sharing an ideology. What this woman shared was her very own experience. All that she had for those people was this man told me all that I ever did. I realize now that for many of us, we spend too much time in our heads. We're afraid to share our faith in Jesus because we believe sharing our faith in Jesus is sharing ideas about Jesus. It's sharing doctrines in the Bible. I believe the reason why many of us are insecure in sharing our faith is because for many of us, we think that for me to share my faith, I need to have a full grip and understanding of scripture, a full understanding of doctrine. I need to be well-equipped and trained. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Because this Samaritan woman, unlike many of us who think today that sharing our faith is a sharing of an idea, this woman did not even know who Jesus was. As a matter of fact, if you look earlier in the text, when she actually shares her faith, the scriptures tell us in verse 28, in the same chapter, 4 verse 28, it says, the woman then left her water pot went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. 
Notice what the next question, notice what the next phrase was. It's a question. She says, could this be the Christ? Meaning she did not come with an answer. She came with a question. She didn't come with all the answers. She came with her experience. And for those of you that are still stuck in your head, I came to declare to you that people don't need your ideas anymore. They need your story. People don't need your understanding and your grip on scripture. They need your story. As a matter of fact, there was still impact in this woman and bringing many people to Christ, bringing many Samaritans, as we read in verse 39, to Christ. And the reason why she made that impact was not because she knew scripture, was because she had a story. And it's because the people of the city knew her story. And because they saw visible transformation in her, they were interested in knowing where that came from. And I came to declare to some people today that Stop looking at your, stop looking at your understanding or your knowledge, whether or not you were trained, whether or not you have a degree. As a matter of fact, you don't need to have the answers. You can even come with the questions. But the one thing that no one can deny is your experience. You can't argue your faith, but you can argue your experience because nobody can take what God has done with you and to you and through you away from you. You can't argue what God did in my life. You can't argue how God transformed me. You can't argue what God did through me. See, we're over here trying to defend ideas. But the one thing no one can argue is your life changing. Did you hear that, family? The one thing no one can argue is your life changing. I've always said this, that the greatest apologetic, the greatest apologetic family is your life changing. They can say that you're crazy. They can say that this doesn't make sense. They can say the ideas don't make sense. But the one thing that they can't argue is the transformation in your life. And that's why there are people who need to hear your story more than they need to hear your doctrine. That's why there are people who need to hear what you're about more than they need to know what you know. There are people that need to need, that need to know where you came from more than they need to know about, you know, what you have an understanding of. There are people who will be, who will gravitate to you, not because they see you as an expert of scripture. They're going to gravitate to you because they see that you, you, you've gone through what they've went through. You're dealing with, with what they're dealing with. You've dealt with all of that. And because they see the change in you, they're interested in what you have encountered. People don't need to just know about Jesus. People need to know Jesus. And that leads me to my last point. You may actually be in your way because all you have is an idea about Jesus. You know, the unfortunate thing about how evangelism is done nowadays is that we make apologetics evangelism. You know, being able to uh, defend the faith. We make that evangelism. That's in part evangelism, but that is not in totality evangelism. Some of us, unfortunately, especially out in the West, we prioritize the idea over the experience. So what we have is we have people who have these intellectual understandings of Jesus, but we don't have people who actually know Jesus. We bring people to an idea, but we don't bring people to an experience. Oh, even worse, we'll bring people to a church, but we won't bring people to Jesus. We'll bring people to our pastor, 
but we won't bring people to Jesus. We'll bring people to, my church is really good. The worship's great. You're going to love the people there. You're going to love the experience there. And it's not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not where what, what we were called to do. We got to bring people to Jesus. If through community they meet Jesus, that's great, but you got to bring them to Jesus. And there are some people who the reason why they have an issue and why it's a challenge to bring people to Jesus, and instead they bring people to their pastor. I'm sorry, this might hurt a little bit. It's because a lot of people who grew up in church never had an encounter with Jesus. You may be getting in the way because you don't have an experience to share. You see, you may have experience with church. You know all the church lingo. You know all the church language. You know all the church speak. You, you, you know all, you, you know everything there is to know about church culture. So you can lead people to church, but you can't lead people to Jesus. That's unfortunate. The reason why we don't know often how to lead people to Jesus is because we have yet to have an experience with Jesus. All we have are ideas doctrines and what my pastor said. And that's unfortunate because I believe that there are people who grew up in church that still need to meet Jesus. And yet salvation is not knowing your pastor. The scriptures tell us in Romans that salvation is to know God. There's so many of us family who we have been navigating through this thing or this pseudo, I call it a pseudo faith. The pseudo perception, perspective of Jesus, the pseudo way of looking at, uh, at our spiritual lives, but we don't really know Jesus. You may be getting in your way because you actually never had an experience with Jesus. And yet family, Jesus went out of his way for you. Jesus went out of his way to meet you. Jesus went out of his way to encounter you. In Philippians chapter 2, it tells us that he made himself of no reputation. In John chapter 1, we learn about the kenosis of Christ, that he that, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, that he, he started off in glory and all power and omnipotence. And the scriptures tell us that, that he took on flesh, that the word became flesh in that moment. Jesus had left divinity and emptied into humanity. He was still fully divine and yet now he is fully human. The son of God in this moment became the son of man <laughs> and the son of God now, the, uh, the son of God who was without limitation, now confined himself willingly, emptying himself to be confined by the laws of nature and the forces of nature. And yet here he is finding himself on earth before he never hungered, the scriptures tell us, but now Jesus experienced hunger before the scriptures tell us that he never slept nor did he slumber but now Jesus had to find time to sleep before he was never tired and yet here in this text we find Jesus thirsty hungry and tired at a well in the middle of the day in the heat and the scriptures tell us at the beginning of this chapter that Jesus intentionally meant to be there. Jesus went out of his way, left glory, left eternity, left power, left all of that 
and took on from the celestial to the terrestrial to meet a broken woman at a well. <laughs> to meet a woman who everybody knew her story. To meet a woman who everybody knew was wrecked up and messed up. To meet a woman who could never find commitment in relationship. To meet a woman who was profoundly broken and who had lost her name. Her name was tainted and she had to come out and she had to draw water in the middle of the day. And Jesus went out of his way to meet her. In the same way that Jesus went out of his way to meet her, her life was transformed in that moment. She had an experience with Jesus. Nothing else could hold her back. She may not know all her doctrine. She may not know um, all her Bible. She may have just now came to her faith. She had some form of religiosity, but now she's had an encounter with Jesus Christ. She didn't come with all that. All she came with was, I have experienced this man. And this man told me all that I ever did. She came with her story. And yet in the same way that Jesus went out of his way to meet that Samaritan woman, Jesus went out of his way to meet you. Jesus went out of his way to encounter you. Jesus had you in mind. The scriptures tell us before the foundation of the world, he knew you. The scriptures tell us that he came and that he loved you so much that he died on the cross for you. Jesus went out of his way to encounter you. There's some people who grew up in church, but they find themselves in a broken place. You may have known your pastor, but you had not yet known Jesus. And I came today to invite you that at your well, at your broken place, at the place where you have been shamed, you've been guilty, You've been told you are nobody. You've been told you are of no value. Jesus wants to meet you there because God is saying, I'm not calling you based off of how, how good of your reputation has been with the church, how good your reputation has been with people. I'm calling you because I love you and I want to be in relationship with you. And it's that very experience. It's that very story that God wants to give you that he's going to use to transform other people. It's that very story. It's not your doctrine, but it's the story of how God took you out of a dark place. He took you from the bottom of the pit and he crowned you with love and compassion. This is Christ. This is love. Jesus went out of his way to get you. So will you get out of your way to meet him? And if you've met him and you've encountered him, will you get out of your way in holding back? Will you get out of your way and thinking you need to know something or to do something? Will you step out because there's somebody who needs to hear where you came from? There's somebody who needs to hear, come see a man who told me everything I did. Come see a man who told me I was high and drunk all the time. Come see a man who told me I was a deadbeat dad. Come see a man who told me I was uh, a lost single mother. Come see a man who told me I was a prostitute. Come see a man who told me I was a religious church person who hurt people in the church. Come see a man who told me I was an addict. Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. And they're gonna ask you, what were those things? And when you share it, you may change somebody's life. Your story matters. There's somebody here right now who's saying, 
I don't got a story that crazy. I ain't seen those kind of things. My story's no big deal. I'm just a regular church person. I dare you to have an encounter with Jesus. Because when you have an encounter with Jesus, you got a story. There's not a single person who encounters Christ and does not have a story. Because no matter whether you grew up in church and didn't do anything bad, guess what? You were fundamentally lost, distant from him. And yet God loved you so much that he came to meet you right where you are. He freed you and liberated you from, from guilt and shame. He freed and he liberated you from anxiety. Somebody needs to hear that story. And in the same way, this woman brought a whole city to Jesus. You can bring a whole city to Jesus with your story. So today, I invite you, stop holding back. Today, I invite you, stop keeping it to yourself. Today, I invite you to step out. Because the scriptures say that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Your sharing of your story is your overcoming. Your story wasn't meant to shame you or to guilt you. Your story was meant to set somebody free. So share your story. Father, I ask right now for those who are here, Lord, who are watching this in this moment right now, Lord, there are those who feel ill-equipped, Lord, to share their story, feel ill-equipped, Lord, to um, Lord, just invite people to meet you, feel or insufficient and incapable, Lord, of, of doing as you've called us to do, which is to preach the gospel to all the world. Father, I pray right now that you would bring encouragement to them that they don't need to come with the answers. And even if they still have questions, their story is the beginning of a change in the lives all throughout a city. So, Father, use each and every person. And I prophetically declare this today that something is switching in, in a person right now who's watching this. I'm declaring today, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, there's somebody right now who something is switching. They're having an encounter with you, an experience with you. There's somebody right now who's going back to the day that they met you and had an encounter with you. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you, with the power of your spirit, would give them the conviction to step out to begin to share it with everybody who's around them because they now are aware that by their story, others will come to Christ and that they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we say that in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.